Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. West, the city needs help with the vibes today. I get it. We got to try to help y'all out on Wesson Walker. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. As always, we appreciate you sharing your middays with us from 12 to 3 p.m. We want to hear from you. We want to hear your thoughts and your comments about the Panthers losing to the Colts yesterday, 27 to 13. We got a little Hornets victory over the weekend, though. One and one over the weekend, I'll take. You can give me your thoughts on that as well at 704-570-9610. The city needs help with the vibes, though, man. The conversation in the fishbowl right before we hop on the mic. Just a lot of bad football to talk about. Lots of bad football with the Panthers. And unfortunately, the Panthers were not able to capitalize and make this a winning streak after their win against the Texans. It was over. They would give us some hope. It seemed like the Panthers would be driving. And then a couple of interceptions, two pick six to two pick sixes, and then another interception at the end to seal it. And uh, it's kind of low morale today in the Queen City. (laughs) And then even Max says he takes a shot at me on morning radio earlier today and so that's unfortunate no poor mac what was that what was the shots fired what, what we got i think he on? said something about you know let the let walker hype up the hornets and if i'm hyping up the hornets as a play-in team then man you know it's bad in this city if that's what my hype is yeah max even taking shots <laughs> it just seems like all around it's not working out for anybody man we got to bring the people some good vibes somehow because it's really tough after watching that football game yesterday. Yeah, I mean, we came into the game. We called it on Friday as far as saying that with us all picking the Panthers that this probably was not going <laughs> to yeah. go well. We did say that. And so uh, just looking at this game in its totality, it was just it, it was tough to swallow for Carolina fans, I'm sure. I mean, the two pick six is just when you feel like Bryce is really starting to take some steps forward. He's taking some steps back. I mean, the coach didn't have to do a ton. Uh, offensively to get the win in this game. And that's the thing that's been so weird. I mean, you beat the Texans without doing much of anything offensively besides a few chunk plays here and there. Your defense carries the way. Then in this game, the defense played uh, decent again. And just mistakes by the offense really cost. So it seems like as soon as you want to find some things to feel positive about, you suffer setbacks like what you did on Sunday. I mean, yeah, I would argue the defense was really good yesterday. I, I thought the defense, well, it's not like they're going against a fantastic QB against Gardner Minshew, but they only allow, what, 10 points? That was really it? You're talking about two pick sixes accounting for 27 of the total that the Colts posted on the scoreboard. Jonathan Taylor, Zach Moss, doesn't matter who you have. The leading rusher was Taylor, and he only ran for 47 yards. Like, that is not one where you're pointing and saying, yep, that's the old Jonathan Taylor as we have that conversation on Friday. Like, this is a defense that really held them in check for the most part. Pittman, eight receptions. 198 but- total yards surrendered. Panthers defense has been playing well the last two games and it just didn't work out in a victory. So I got my Panthers black on. This is how I cope with the loss. (laughs) And this we've asked this question before. I don't think we really stuck with it last time, but how do you cope with the Panthers loss? I know there's going to be some jokes in the text line. I'm here for those jokes because we need to laugh a little bit today, but also do you rep the team that loses the night before the team in which you're a fan of? Because I'm wearing Panthers gear today. But it's the Panthers black. It doesn't mean they died. But 
They didn't look alive in yesterday's game against the Colts. And so this is how I deal with it. Fiddy, are you one that will wear North Carolina gear even after a loss, maybe even a bad loss, like a, a college at Charleston type of loss, anything like that? Yeah, as an adult, when I was a kid, I remember we lost to Wake Forest, 09 top five matchup. My bed was nothing but like Tar Heel sheets, Tar Heel comfortables, Tar Heel pill- uh, pillowcases. I slept on a bare mattress. And even threw Ramsey's on the ground in utter disgust. You I've would, come a long way. You would, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Ramsey's. <That> was- <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, maybe, maybe it's a certain distance. At least you're not sleeping on a bare mattress anymore. You would just punish yourself because of that. <laughs> How are we punishing ourselves today? You can text in once more, 704-570-9610. Let's pull up to the scene and get off the bus. Go ahead and open up the doors, Mr. Bus Driver. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Damn! Kick it! I can feel it. Let's go around the room, all three of us. Go okay. around the room, look at the Panthers falling to 1-7, and seven, losing to the Colts 27-13 after it looked like a favorable matchup. We were trying to give our predictions as to why it would work out for Carolina on Friday and the entire week prior, saying the Colts' defense was not good. One of the worst defenses in all of the NFL, especially allowing a lot of passing yards to opposing QBs. I did not anticipate 170 total passing yards from Bryce Young with three interceptions, two pick sixes. I did not anticipate that. So what's the number one storyline? with this Panthers loss, now moving to 1-7-1. and seven one. Uh, It's that fans are really starting to wonder if Bryce Young is going to be the guy going forward, and whether that's fair or not. Uh, I don't think it is fair, but I think for a lot of fans yesterday, especially with the day that C.J. Stroud had, and especially with the way that Levis has been playing and some of his rookie counterparts, uh, you know, Aiden O'Connell got a win yesterday as well, so for the Raiders. So I think a lot of fans are just really questioning that right now. They feel like that he's not ready for prime time. I mean, one pick six, that's cool. Your rookie fans can live with that. But to throw two of those and three interceptions total, uh, it's the first time really I've seen him since I've been watching him, even at Alabama, see him get frustrated like he did on that second pick six where he yells out uh, the, the expletive and disgust as he's chasing the defender. And uh, I think for him, man, not to say that I think that he thought this was going to be easy, But from everything we heard training camp, everything we heard about the processing, everything we heard about how advanced he was, it has to be super frustrating for him that he just is having such a hard time figuring this thing out. What's the main storyline for you, Fiddy, when you're working on the rundown and you're running ideas by both both of us? What are the number one storylines to you? I think the inability to build off of what you did successfully last week, I think the offense took a step back and... I think if that would have happened under Frank Reich, it would have been a lot easier to explain. It happened under Thomas Brown, and you wanted to see him build off of what he did well last week. That didn't happen. And, uh, by the way, this offensive line, this offensive line sucks. It's so bad. I mean, Wes, I, I mean, I'd hate to lose you on the radio, my man. Can you go suit up and block somebody? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, man, it's, it's very tough right now. We were just talking about just how – this offseason is going to go for the Panthers, what they have to look for. And I also thought about 
I mean, if you're uh, staring down the barrel of uh, one of the better quarterbacks in this draft that might have a first-round grade, would you think about it if this season continues to go the way it's going? Just something, just conversations being had. Well, that was a conversation, <laughs> Fiddy laughing, cackling, <laughs> all a little maniacally in the background. That was a conversation that you posed a few weeks back, even if it's not anything that you said you would have changed. It was one that you were having a few weeks back. You don't have a first-round pick. And even if you were to trade up into the first round, the guys that are most coveted are going to be gone. Like yeah, but Caleb I said Williams, if you're like sitting Drake at the May. top of the first round, this draft is going to have 10 to 12 quarterbacks. If you're sitting in, I just painted a scenario, and I'm not a fan of Bo Nix, so please don't at me. But I'm like, if you're sitting in, you have a Bo Nix and a Jordan Travis sitting there at the top of the first round, I mean top of the second round, and you've got first round grades on those guys, it's like, do you think about it for the competition well, or seeing what happens or whatever the case well, may be? But let, let's all right. So let me seek some clarity from you <laughs> because I know you are still a big fan of Bryce Young. Yeah. So if you are asking that question, mm-hmm. are you saying that Wes Bryan is asking it? Mm-hmm. Are you saying the Panthers would be asking it? Are you saying the fans are asking it? To be clear, just where where do you stand if that question was surrounding us? I think the Panthers have so much to get. I think it depends on what you do in free agency. I would not. But I'm just saying that it's a thought there that... It sounds like he's thinking about it. I'm just saying, but if, if you're sitting there with a guy that you have a first-round grade on and you say, okay, just to bring it in... Because I always think about Washington with RG3 and Kirk Cousins. And it's like, do you bring in that guy for competition? Because at, at worst... If you have two good quarterbacks, you can trade one and flip it into a, a, a very nice asset. But it's just something that I know that people are thinking. I think that the fan base would be up in arms should this happen because you just feel like there's so much more that needs to be had. But I'm just throwing it out there just to see what people think. I didn't, was not prepared for Wes to try to burn the city down in the first segment of the show on Monday. It was not on my bingo card, Wes. I'm just asking questions. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying anything. I'm just throwing it out there, and then you guys decide. <laughs> I think the question you're asking is the exact opposite of what is the main storyline. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's should the Panthers consider somehow, some way, drafting a QB, getting in the first round of this next draft? I think the question is past tense. I think the question today, the number one storyline is, did the Panthers select the right quarterback after C.J. Stroud goes for close to 500 yards in a win against Tampa Bay? It's not about this next draft and should you change it. It's should you have changed it in this last selection process. And here are a couple of things to consider. One, we talked about earlier while we were planning the show, what's unfortunate and what shows you just how luck-based the NFL draft can be sometimes mm-hmm. is that the Texans were reportedly trying to get up to number one to select Bryce Young. That they wanted to get in front of Carolina after the chronicling of how that process played out, watching the Panthers move up from the latter part of the top 10 going into first overall, it was all about trying to jump in front of the Texans. Maybe you make a deal and then the Texans move up to number one from number two. And so that was all talked about. Scott Fitter said, hey, let's just go up to number one and get our guy. And they gave up a little more for it. Maybe literally they gave up DJ Moore for it. And so now you select the Alabama QB, That looked good last week against Houston. I thought he was really good, honestly. And he outperformed the very QB in question that we're discussing. But then C.J. Stroud goes for close to 500. I mean, just going bananas against a defense that 
has a pretty good defensive coordinator, usually. Yeah. I, I don't know if he was performing well yesterday. Has pretty good talent on that side of the ball. But Tampa's starting to unravel as we know him. It doesn't take anything away from that C.J. Stroud conversation. I think if you look at it, it's possible <laughs> for multiple QBs to be good that were selected yes. within the top five. Bryce Young has not performed as well as C.J. Stroud, and that's true. But I think the situation, even if we didn't think the situation was going to play out this way, it doesn't mean it's any less true as we can evaluate it now. C.J. Stroud is in a better situation than what Bryce Young is in. No, you're right. We weren't saying that this offseason. We were not. But C.J. Stroud is in a better situation right now as we currently see it because they have a Nico Collins that's better than any other wide receiver that they have outside of Adam Thielen. They also have multiple weapons that you can throw to. Tank Dell, your boy, has looked really good. Caught a couple touchdown passes in this game against Tampa Bay. They have an offensive coordinator that is developing and saying, hey, we can see that they're calling plays at a higher level than what's going on with Carolina. And even if the offensive line has gone through quite a few injuries over there in Houston, they're still better than what's being put out there on the field at Bank of America. And see, that's what says the most, the fact that Houston has had to shuffle this line a lot. They've had tons of injuries on this line, and they're still performing better than what Carolina's starting offensive linemen for what they were paid to do to be starters outside of a couple of the guards like your Throckmortons and guys like that. But also, too, you look at what CJ did yesterday, no kicker. They had a running back at kicker. So it had to be him or nothing. He drilled it, by the points. way. Houston drilled that, by the way. Yeah, he Akuba did. But still, you look at it and you look at this football game and you say, this game is on you. But not only that, it's the way CJ talks. His confidence is what he has. And I'm wondering, just his confidence level as compared to Bryce's. And not just this past week, but even weeks ago when he said they sent, I think it was the Steelers fans. He was, you know, talking trash, saying we sent them home with the L. He's telling his offensive lineman yesterday, just give me a little bit of time and I'm going to make them pay. And yeah, I know that the Panthers season hasn't warranted Bryce to have that kind of confidence. But still, CJ, you can just tell for lack of a better term that everybody likes to use now, C.J. Stroud is different. And it does show the draft process, but in the same vein, I don't want people to get out ahead of their skis and saying, yeah, there were people that said that you picked C.J. Stroud. But none of you thought that this was coming. Nobody. Now, I did say I thought all three of the quarterbacks drafted at the top would be good players, Mm -hmm. but nobody saw this coming from C.J. Stroud. Like, don't get on the text line acting like you Nostradamus and you knew that this guy was going to come out and do this that third. You didn't see any of this coming. CJ looks like he's going to be a special, special quarterback. All right, let's go to the text line real quickly. I asked what you're wearing today. If your team loses the day or the night before, do you still rep them by wearing that gear the next day? Salesman wrote in, I'm wearing a blue Panthers hat today because I feel it's important for everyone to know how big of an idiot I am for supporting the most embarrassing franchise in the NFL. (laughs) Yeah, some real self-deprecation there from Salesman. I think a lot of people can identify with that. 704, also punishing their self. After watching the Panthers game, they're going to punish themselves by forcing themselves to watch Thursday night's game. Short turnaround. Let's get right back at it. In just a few days' time, they're going to go against Chicago. Shane, the App State fan, I'm wearing head-to-toe Panthers gear today, but maybe I shouldn't be. I take losses a lot less hard now than I used to. I want football to mean something again. Seen quite a few apathy texts on the text line. Multiple apathy texts. 910, nice little joke here. Drove by the stadium just now. Bryce threw another pick six. 
classic. <laughs> and then uh, finally, Spence goes on the text line and says, Wes, we had an identity the second half of last season. Tough, physical, run the ball down your throat like Pittsburgh. But Tepper didn't like that, so he blew it up, even though he's from Basic. Pittsburgh. Yeah, I don't know about Pittsburgh, but I think I can identify myself with the first part of that text. And Steve Wilkes had this team running okay. They did. And they had it with a QB that we didn't think was as good as this number one overall QB coming in. The offensive line changes a ton of things. The weapons. Right, because they digressed from the end of last Ooh. year. So, you know, people was, are trying to say that. They've digressed. The offensive line was has been terrible. Let's yeah. jump into it a little bit more so we'll continue this conversation. Weston Walker off and rolling on a Monday. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Walker on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We got a lot of texts rolling in talking about the game yesterday. The Panthers lose to the Indianapolis Colts. And we have Joe and Raleigh writing in. People drank the Kool-Aid over Bryce, gambled on his size. And to this point, it's blown up in their face. Steve Smith Sr., him too. Okay, why is Smitty getting called out all of a sudden by everybody? Dave Doran, Joe and Raleigh. Um, people in Raleigh, what do y'all got against Smitty? I'm just days? glad it wasn't me, man. <laughs> I was about to say, Smitty's already done that, and you know, I you let him tell it, then he he bucked up to Steve Smith, but we saw, I guess, some kind of respect between the two. Either way, Joe and Raleigh says now it's time to own it and eat that humble pie. Macklepine Doug said it's paper bag time when you show up at Bank of America Stadium. Kevin talked about repping the gear, the Panthers gear. What do you do after a loss? He said, I rep Panthers gear. To show women how faithful I am. It's a great point. <laughs> That's a man that is, that is a man that is not afraid of commitment, people. Kevin, watch out. He's wearing the Panthers fans. Uh, he's wearing the Panthers gear, and he is ready to commit. That's Fiddy, a nice line. It is a nice like line. Fiddy, you sounded like it was something that you uh, identified with. I wonder if that could help me because, I mean, I'm a diehard Met fan, and I wear Met gear 24-7. That should tell women I'm not willing to run away from a scary situation. I don't know why he's been shortening that words. Is that, is that a yeah. new thing it now? Is. He does. Yes. He does things that are just out of left field that then become trends. And this is the latest one here. It's that he'll end words. I, that's that's our fitty. Here's a couple of texts that I wanted to bring in with the next topic. Ashby from Lancaster says we chose Stank Reich. I, I saw that. I've not heard the Stank variation on it. I got to admit, I like it more than Frank wrong because Reich sounds like right. Stank Reich is pretty good if you're going to insult the man. But Big Cat Dan brings in what I think is the more important point. All the suck leads to or points to Scott Fitter. And I think that's what I saw on my Twitter timeline. So here's what I'm interested in. We have blamed Scott Fitterer for putting all of the wrong pieces around Bryce Young. But I even think that there have been people that don't like what they've seen from the number one overall selection. Even still, most people would tell you the situation around Bryce Young is pretty terrible. The offensive line, awful. It continues to be awful. Interior pass protection. If Icky is not giving up a sack on the left side, Taylor Moten, I, you know, me, who likes Taylor Moten, thought he was bad yesterday. You're giving up interior pass rush. Bryce Young has nowhere to go. If you are able to escape pressure, 
you can't really throw it downfield. Adam Thielen's had a good year, but other than that, nobody else has been consistent at all. And that all points to the guy that put this team together. You used to have a meat shield in Matt Rule protecting you from all the criticism. But now Matt Rule's gone. Now he doesn't have 51% control over final say. Now it's Scott Fitterer. At least that's what we're led to believe. And now the one constant outside of David Tepper, you can continue to climb up the tree up until the tip top, and there's David Tepper sitting right there in his treehouse. You can do that if you want to. But David Tepper's not going to fire himself. So the guy that does seem to be falling on the sword, if they're going to make a change, it's Scott Fitterer. Because as we've mentioned time and time again, Wes, when we go back and look over the Panthers draft history, what do you point to and say, man, Scott Fitterer knocked it out of the bleeping park. What a pick. Just knew something nobody else did and just hit a home run. Who is that guy? It's not Icky now. I'm pulling for him, but it's not Icky now. J.C. Horn, who has looked good on the field, (laughs) can't even win that one because the guy drafted after him has had a better start to his career and a way more healthy start to his career in Pat Sertan. So now you can't even point to J.C. Horn. It was always going to be about what happens with Bryce Young. So if you were to say that the pieces around Bryce Young were not good and that was going to be the saving grace of Scott Fitterer, that Bryce Young was the guy despite the pieces not being good around him, okay, But man, here we are going into the second half of the season where Wes, not only is it J.C. Horn, Icky, the fact that you're not hitting on anybody after the first round and barely, if maybe you hit on some guys in the first round, now it might be Bryce Young himself as to why people are looking at Scott Fitterer and saying he just didn't get it right. And that's what's unfortunate. The fact that now it's not only about the wide receivers. It's not only about the offensive linemen. It's not only about everybody else that he drafted. Now it's because, man, you also drafted Bryce Young over C.J. Stroud. Watching Bryce have three picks and C.J. Stroud go for almost 500. Scott Fitter is the one that feels that pressure the most. Yeah, and it's like when you go back into the draft process, and we remember all this stuff, there were reasons to not draft. C.J. Stroud, I mean, aside from the testing, because everybody wants to point to that, but Walker, we talked about on this show how he was a 40% passer against pressure. Also, the Ohio State stigma that came with that. And that's why I'm saying for a lot of people, I don't want to hear now that you all of a sudden knew that this guy was about to be what he's being right now because Ohio State had the big stigma of every guy that comes out, no matter how gaudy the stats are, they don't pan out into the leagues. There were people that lived in that world. There were people that lived in the world of, oh, against Michigan. He came up short time and time again, and they said, oh, he had one good game against Georgia. And so um, this was just a scenario where the Texans decided to go with him, and a lot of people felt like they had to settle for him because, like you said, they did want Bryce. And that's the thing is that people are just being so impatient with Bryce, acting like rookies never throw Pick sixes never have horrible games. And it's like it's the end of the world because he's not putting up big numbers immediately. I wonder what the talk would be if C.J. Stroud was struggling and and up and down just like Bryce has been. And uh, Anthony Richardson as well, even though he is now hurt. And then with Will Levis. And so, but that's the thing. So we're not there. Yeah, the Will Levis stuff. There were texts, you saw too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, when Levis came out and did what he did, and then now that, you know, even in the loss to Pittsburgh, he still played admirably, still had his team in the mix. And so on the same token, though, you want to see Bryce improve, and we thought that that happened last week when they got their first victory of the season. 
but he is at some point going to have to try to show a little bit of consistency, but everything that's around him is making it hard as well. And so it's very tough to be able to judge and put all of this onto him. Yes, the supporting cast in Houston is looking great now. Didn't think it was going to be that way. Their backup offensive linemen have played so fantastic. And so that's the thing as well. You didn't know this was going to happen. There's always surprises in the NFL. The Texans are one of them. It's just unfortunate for Bryce. And, uh, you know, I could just imagine how difficult and how frustrating this has to be on him at this point. Well, and I'll say this too. We do this every year with every rookie, with every draft prospect. Sometimes you'll be right. Sometimes you'll be very wrong, even in eight-game hindsight, which is where we are with Bryce Young and the Carolina Panthers right now. It, you can be wrong even doing the whole, now we have eight games, what would you do in a redraft scenario? I mean, we had this conversation with LaMelo and James Wiseman, where, I mean, this is what I put out there too. Like the Hornets, sometimes you just got to be lucky in the draft. They probably would have selected James Wiseman had he been there at number three. Mm-hmm. And Golden State would have gone with LaMelo. Didn't happen. And it worked out because the draft is really an imperfect process. But at least you dwindle it down to a final two. And you just want to mitigate as much risk as you can possibly do. So here's LaMelo. He falls to us. Great. The Hornets hit on that guy, even though he's not been great at the start of this year. Fourth quarter saves him. We'll get to that later. But even with the Panthers draft history... There hadn't even been any <laughs> falling backwards into a good pick scenario. It's just been so bad. I, I do think if you start to compare C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, the one scenario I keep going back to is Justin Herbert and Tua, which often, which also I should say, features a smaller Alabama QB. The first two years, what do we see from each of those guys? Justin Herbert just comes out going crazy. 4,300 yards and 15 games played. 5,000 yards in 17 games played, and he's a pro bowler his second season in the league. So the first two years, we got to see Justin Herbert just light the league on fire. I mean, 70 touchdown passes in the first two years. That's crazy. C.J. Stroud is doing some similar things like that. But Tua was not in the first two years. 1,800 yards passing in eight games. 12 games played the second year. Only 2,600 yards passing. Now the last two, I mean... Wes, he's leading the league in passing right now. He's got 19 touchdown passes, leading the league there as well. You would still take Justin Herbert, but now you can say, hey, there's two good QBs that came from that draft, at least in those few picks. That's what you're hoping, I think, to see with Bryce Young. Can you continue to see him on a trajectory? And maybe C.J. Stroud doesn't put together this type of season in his second year. I'm not pulling against him. I'm not one of those guys that's going to hate because – we don't have him on our squad. Hopefully, hopefully he's great. I, I'm, I want fun football. I want to see it from C.J. Stroud. I just hope we see it from Bryce Young. And now, because of what Tua went through, you get a better head coach. You get better weapons. Now Tua looks good, and he's leading the league in some categories. Is there any way that you can make the situation around Bryce a lot better? And how will he perform in that situation? And to me, Wes, I'm pretty damn confident that he would perform well in a better situation than what is currently constructed. I'm with you in that boat as well. And so we get a lot of fans. And the thing that's funny about you guys is you don't really come with a ton of of tangible stuff with Bryce. Like everybody automatically points to the size. And they say, oh, they should have never taken this too small quarterback in the first place. Like bottom line, if Bryce Young had been 6'2", 210 pounds with the resume that he had coming out of college, he would have been the unquestioned number one pick. 
it would have been no doubts about it that he should have been the guy. But because he's smaller, everybody wants to give him a hard time and say that, oh, he's not the guy and everybody's got jokes. And also the thing, too, that you have to look at is that a lot of the mistakes that are happening to him right now, it isn't because he's small. Okay, like the interceptions he's thrown, it's not like he's thrown behind a a giant wall that he can't see over. He's making some bad plays. Yes, the processing. He's going through what most NFL rookies go through, and that's all we're saying. And I'm not saying that he is uh, not responsible at all for any of these losses. Don't let me say that he gets a pass on everything. No, he's got to be better. There's no question about it. The only thing that I'm saying is that I still believe the kid is going to be a good quarterback. He just needs time. Some guys develop slower than others, but the fans won't allow him that type of time. And that's the only thing that we're saying here. Yes, is that football game the two mistakes that he made? Definitely the nails in the coffin for the Panthers yesterday. No question about it. He definitely needs to take responsibility for mistakes that have been made, and he can play better. But let's also put all of this in its proper context before you decide to write the guy off because he has showed you in multiple instances that he's capable of making the throws. He stayed healthy. You guys didn't think he would stay healthy after taking too many hits. He's taken a ton of those, and he's still up, still going. And you thought he was going to get a lot of passes batted down. That hasn't happened either. So there are things there to like. It's just the fact of I think that people just love to automatically point to the size. And, yeah, his – his supporting cast has not been what it should be, what we thought it would be. I mean, he's been sacked 26 times, hit 27 more. So he showed you that he's tough and he's durable. Uh, he's dealing with this the best way that he can. And, and so that that's the thing. Not only are, are we saying, yeah, Bryce Young was just flat out bad yesterday. Yeah, that's true, too. I'm also saying the offensive line. Uh, look, anybody that says we're creating excuses for Bryce Young's poor play, does that mean that you disagree with us on how bad that offensive line is? Right. Exactly. Like, tell me that. You got Devontae and, for, and all those guys out there catching passes from him. For everybody that is saying we're creating excuses for Bryce, how good do you think that offensive line is? Right. Bryce made that, that throw to Miles Sanders was god-awful. Maybe his worst throw of the year that turned into a pick six to Kenny Moore, where he just needs to kill it. That's happened twice, by the way. The interception to Aiden Hutchinson should have killed that. And it was a one-hand great play from Aiden Hutchinson in that Lions game, but needs to kill it. So there's a couple of things that Bryce Young needs to learn. Screen passes that aren't going anywhere. Also, play calling. Maybe we don't run as many screens, whether it be Frank Reich or Thomas Brown. I know you're worried about the offensive line. I'll give you proper context, too. But, man, it just don't be working like that, Wes. It does not. (laughs) It just doesn't. And so with the offensive line, tell me you think this is a good group blocking for Bryce Young. I don't know. C.J. Stroud would probably perform better than Bryce Young in this scenario. I do think that if he was with Carolina, I don't know if you would have the same mistakes. I don't know if you would have this little passing production, I think he'd probably have some. Oh, he's definitely ahead of the curve right now. He no is. No question. He is. But is he doing that, what we saw yesterday? I. It's not existent, Wes. And Bradley Bozeman, as much as we love him as a community guy, man, great dude. You know? Like, well, you got to Bu- preface it with all that. You know, what you know what's coming. You know what's coming. <laughs> DeForest Buckner destroyed him. Yeah. If you have a good defensive tackle lining up over Bradley Bozeman, I do not feel good about it in a passing situation. I feel awful about it. And Buckner, he let you know what time it was immediately as that game started. Immediately. It's unfortunate, man. 
Hopefully Bryce Young can figure it out. I wanted to get to at least one soundbite before we go to a fitty flash. Let's play the one as you were saying, Bryce Young needs to take on this responsibility. Well, that's what he's doing. Bryce Young is telling you that he has to be a lot better, and this one was on him. You know, everyone else around did a great job, um, and it's on me. So, um, you know, it is what it is. You have to be, you know, I have to be better. But at the same time, again, you, no one's going to feel sorry for me. No one's going to feel sorry for us. Um, I'll learn from it, get better. Um, and now, my, you know, we have to turn our attention to Chicago. Um, that, that's the mindset. Um, you put it, you, you put it where it is. Um, you learn from it. And, you know, in a couple of days, we have opportunity to, to go out and, and be better and perform better and, and put on tape uh, what we want to be. Um, and, you know, that, that's a great opportunity. Man, look. I know I've said it a couple of times. I usually use it in basketball, but I think it applies here with Bryce Young. I said it in the video, Wes. Progress isn't always linear. And I thought that maybe he would build upon what he did against Houston against a bad passing defense statistically with the Colts coming into town. But that didn't happen. He had his worst game of his NFL career. Maybe you could compare it to Atlanta, but I think this one was worse. This one was bad. It was. Two pick sixes that automatically takes the cake. And they were bad throws. It wasn't Miles Sanders running the wrong route on this one. He was just sitting there, and Bryce decided, I'm going to airmail this thing because I'm afraid to throw it to where the defensive lineman is. I'm going to throw it right. Sanders wasn't leading that way. Right to Kenny Moore. Bye-bye ball game. But we did see him play his best performance against Houston. I thought he was just flat-out good against Houston. I'm not trying to make him out to be John Elway in that game. But, man, he was making plays. And he underwent a lot of pressure in that game, too. Progress doesn't have to always be linear, Wes, and that's what I'm going to hold on to today. Hopefully, we see a better performance from him later on. You want to do the Fitty Flash, Fitty? You got something for college basketball? I know you're excited wearing the UNC Jordan jersey tonight. So uh, today, in order for uh, to get some support for Carolina basketball tonight, we can talk a little bit more about that later on. We'll also take a look at the NFC South and the team that C.J. Stroud almost threw for over 500 yards against was a team that res- uh, resides in this division. We'll talk about it coming up next. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. I heard the warning on Mac and Bone. I heard the warning. <laughs> on Charlotte Sports Today, but that text line, it is on fire. Oh, yeah. I knew it yesterday, sitting there watching the game, man. I said, as soon as we walk in here, because the 704 number uh, came at me, he said, what have you been smoking? Watch the tape, see how many times Young threw flat-footed and how many times he threw from his tippy toes. He said, how accurate can you be like that? Called him a backup at best. And I responded that, I said, that stuff Bryce has been doing his whole life. You think he just became shorter than the lineman he's playing with this year you don't think that this is stuff that Bryce has been doing his whole life last time I checked Alabama's offensive line ranged from about 6'3 to about 6'8 across the board so him getting on his tiptoes to make certain throws and stuff you don't think Drew Brees had little tricks of the trade he does Russell Wilson has little tricks of the trade that they do because they're undersized quarterbacks like yeah they're gonna have that so that's what I'm saying I, I think the revisionist history is definitely just abound on the text line today when people discuss the size with Bryce there were a bunch of people trying to tell us oh he's not all that much shorter than than Drew Brees and then they'd say well it's it's not really about the height it's about how small he is it's about his weight yeah it's about that his his thin his thin frame like well okay he's not hurt right it's not that is is it his weight that's 
having yeah. him play bad football? Yeah, how many balls has he had batted? C.J. Stroud had three of them batted just last week against the Panthers. He's not getting balls batted. He's still playing. He hasn't been hurt except for uh, missing the one game this year. So it's like it's it's now just turned into an avalanche of just told you so mm-hmm. on the oh, text line. And, and now it's hype. Yeah. If, if you want to bring up, and look, I know he's shorter than some of these guys. Yeah. Like, I get it. But now it's height again. Mm-hmm. You just tell me which one it is. Y'all decide. Right, that's what I'm saying. It's like they, they pick. I mean, the kid's completing around 64% of his passes. Uh, the, the touchdown to interception ratio is 8 to 7. I mean, granted, you don't want that, but it could be a lot worse. Well, there's five that comes in the two games. There's been uh, Atlanta was awful. Yeah. It was a bad one. And then this and is then his worst three game. Yesterday, so. And he was bad. I, I don't want anybody to get it twisted. Right. He wasn't good. And he does deserve responsibility for the loss. Can we say that? People just hear what they want to hear. He does deserve responsibility for the loss. A lion's share of this he deserves because he did get support in the run game yesterday. He got that 138 yards on the ground as a team. That's one of their better, if not their best outputs this That's season. That's what's so frustrating. Yeah, you yeah. got fresh, uh, you got support from your run game, but also too, man, the discipline on this football team. Ten penalties for 81 yards. The false starts are unbelievable, man. And I mean, I'm not again here to say that I'm I was this or I was that, but I mean, I, I could count on my hands the amount of times I had false starts in my career. The amount of times that those guys jump off sides is crazy. I wonder if that's just them knowing how bad they are as a group and they're trying to get a head start on it's it. It's nerves. That's what yeah. it is. It's nerves. Is that I know I'm not as good as the guy across from me. I've got to get some type of jump on him to be able to give myself a fighting chance because I know if I don't, I'm probably going to get beat. That's all that is, is nerves. You're so nervous sitting there on that line. You know that guy coming across from you as a dog, and you're like, I don't want to get embarrassed. And as soon as you hit it, huh, you're just going to be like. <laughs> I think I just jumped, to be honest with you. All right, I'm sorry. Okay, I just jumped. Yeah. I had a false start penalty. Now I'm not going to be as critical of Vicky Kwanu or any of the other offensive linemen, even Taylor Moten. That's the frustrating part. Like, you know I like Taylor Moten enough, but as a veteran, and you're getting false starts just earlier this year, that was a problem for him too. Yeah, that, that's what's real frustrating. Here's what I'll say. You pointed out some of the good things, right? Mm-hmm. The running game did get going. <laughs> and look, I I know we sound ridiculous on this. We, we got to pinpoint some things and hope they continue from this game. Hopefully the run game. Miles Sanders, that was probably his best performance yesterday, watching what he did, getting involved in the passing game a little bit. Chuba Hubbard still looking good. So you hope to see that. Defensively, they did not allow many scoring opportunities. And even so, we can get to the Xavier Woods call. Xavier Woods having that call that Michael Pittman said, or having the hit, refs called a penalty. They reviewed it. Awful call. Still a penalty. Michael Pittman afterwards said, no, it was a clean hit. (laughs) You know it's bad when even the player, usually they'll like kind of smile and say, hey, the refs call what they called. They'll give you that all thing. And they still blow it on replay. That's the thing that kills me. Right. But, you know. Besides that, and even with that, it shouldn't count. The defense was very good yesterday against that Colts offense. Here's another thing, though, that I think is beneficial for this team. Wes, they play in the NFC South. And C.J. Stroud, his performance that we've mentioned a lot in just a couple of segments of radio so far, who did he do it against? He did it against Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is 3-5 and five after a strong start to the season. Even with all this losing, 
Carolina's only a couple games behind them. No, I am not here to have a conversation about can they pass Tampa. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm telling you is that Tampa's not a very good football team either. Atlanta's free-falling. Four and five. That offense looks terrible. Doesn't matter what quarterback you throw in there. Desmond Ritter, Taylor Heineke. Wes, I thought they'd look better with Taylor Heineke. And now the defense sacrifices all those points to either Hall or a guy that just got traded and had to learn the offense in like a couple's weeks worth of time with Josh Dobbs, who I think could count for three touchdowns yesterday. The Falcons are losing. The Saints, they won, but by a touchdown against Chicago, they... Ooh, my girlfriend picked them the Saints in the survivor pool and she was sweating a little bit yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so the division, it doesn't look good even still. Is that something to where we can look at Carolina and find some solace in that the NFC South isn't good and they don't have a QB that looks to be there for the long term to be playing great football? I, I do think that there is something to be said. Nobody's gaining a ton of ground on Carolina, at least in this division, because of how bad it is. Saints are 5-4, and four, and you feel pretty comfortable that they're going to take this thing away. Yeah, that's the thing, too, that when you look at it in totality, you're like, okay, well, how far away are these teams from being real contenders? Because Atlanta, you point to the quarterback position, the defense has been a letdown uh, a lot for them as well. But you look at Atlanta, the main thing you focus on is that they can get dynamic at the quarterback position. That'll take them to the next level. New Orleans has to show up the offensive line. Uh, Tampa as well, show up the offensive line, find a quarterback. And, and there are some other pieces that need to be found on these teams as well. But you feel a little bit disheartened that you feel like they are way ahead of the curve as compared to the Panthers. There's so much. We've said it week in and week out. There's so much on that Carolina grocery list to start this offseason that you feel like it would just be really difficult to get everything you need in one fell swoop and one uh, all season. And so when you look at the other teams in the division, yeah, there, there is some struggle there. But you look at these teams as there are a couple of tweaks here and there that, that some of them need before they can uh, be a lot better football teams to where Carolina. You feel like that this is really going to take a lot of work to get this thing turned around. Yeah, what's unfortunate, too, is that the, the NFC South has been like this for a while. I always felt with Carolina deciding to go after a QB in, you know, Teddy Bridgewater doing the bridge QB thing. Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Donald, Baker Mayfield. I was always worried that another team in the division was going to choose their future QB and they were going to be ahead of the curve. I, they've had three, four years now to do it. And yet those teams still don't do it. Tampa Bay, you get Tom Brady. I get it. With the Saints, all right. They just still decide post-Drew Brees, we'll roll with Jameis Winston, Derek Carr. With the Falcons, uh, we're not going to draft a guy in the first round, but we'll see what Desmond Ritter is a little bit later on. And we'll you know try to get the most that we can out of Matt Ryan. So at least... They're not crazy far behind the rest of this division, even if it is true this year. Uh, yeah, they're not competing with the Saints. I'm not trying to say that. But if we're doing future outlook stuff, Saints are old. Nobody has their quarterback of the future that you feel great about. So at least in the future, Carolina, I do think, can climb the ladder. Let's move on. Talked about some college football in the campus corner on the other side of the break. It's Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.